Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hi, welcome to the Writer's Block Party podcast, which I can now say without writing it down beforehand. <laughs> Available <laughs> at the Writer's Block Party Podcast.com. It's just rippling out. Uh, <laughs> I'm Prue Warren, author of one rom com, and I'm here with my lovely co host, Meredith Bond, author of no rom coms, <laughs> but many, many, many novels. Yes, uh, Prue, please tell our listeners the name of your book, the title of my your book. Books. Oh, my book's name is Sin and the Peanut Butter Cup, C-Y-N for Cynthia. <laughs> so everyone should run straight over to Amazon.com. Just put us on pause. We'll wait. <laughs> run. And while you're there, the latest Meredith Bond novel is? An Affair of Hearts. Fair. Is the last one <laughs> part of the Lager, Ladies Wagering Whist Society? That's why hearts so clever. Yes, so clever. Every title <laughs> is a pun on playing whist. <laughs> you actually know how to play whist? Yeah, it's bridge. Oh, it's bridge. Is it really okay? Yeah, That's pretty cool. Okay, it's um, with betting. <laughs> bridge with betting should be very popular. Yeah. Today, our topic of discussion is hooks. And I am psyched to discuss it, but I don't really understand what you mean by hooks. So what's a, how do you define a hook, Meredith? Yeah. So there are two different types of hooks, which I think you proved last week, um, you were referring to the hook that comes at the end of a chapter and drives the reader to not being able to put down the book, but has to turn the page and continue reading. Right. Right? So there's that kind of hook. There is also the kind of hook, the hook at the beginning of the book, which gets your reader into the story and makes them want to read the story. So that's at the beginning of a chapter, uh, namely the first chapter. <laughs> I love that. That makes me very happy. My career as a fundraising copywriter was based on two-page letters, one-sheet, two-page letter. Mm -hmm. And you had three seconds, two seconds, in order to hook someone and slide them in. The lead had to be so slippery because otherwise ah. people just don't care. If you go out and buy a book, then you're vested. You're not going to give up as quickly. But in a fundraising letter, someone's come knocking at the door. You have to capture their interest immediately. So I love the concept of a really slippery hook that sucks you in before you realize that you've been caught. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you always have organization behind your thoughts. 
So before I go leaping off into wild fancy, do you have guidelines, rules? Uh, are there things that I as an author or our listeners as authors need to keep in mind in order to write grouping hooks? Um, there are a number of ways to hook a reader. <laughs> I knew you. Oh, I knew you know. <laughs> of course there are. Of course there are. You and you know what they are. <laughs> the main thing to hook your reader is to create empathy. To create empathy between the reader and your protagonist. The way the way to do that um, is for your protagonist to either be in some sort of misfortune, be in jeopardy, or have a threat of loss, um, for your protagonist to be likable or funny or powerful. And powerful could mean any sort of power, magical or political or financial. That's interesting. Yes. So creating empathy. Um, great way to hook. I can, I can understand the misfortune or threat. I mean, that's pretty easy. If you're, if you're, you know, Penelope pit stop tied to the train tracks, that's right. pretty obvious. Likeable or funny, that's obvious. But I find it challenging to think that someone who was powerful can inspire empathy because so often I, the reader, don't feel powerful. I mean, is it is this wish fulfillment? Is that what does it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want, I want okay. uh, I want homework assignments. I want we're gonna have to come back to this next week because I want to go and read the leads to some books and see if I can come up with some uh hooks, lead offs that that are based in that concept of power. Power or lack of yeah. power? Okay, because here's what I'm thinking. When you say it, like magic abilities, well, I'm thinking of Harry Potter. But in the beginning mm -hmm. of the book, he has no power. So the empathy comes from his powerlessness, not the power itself. Right, but he's in jeopardy. He's, 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 he's suffering misfortune. Level. It's sort of low-level jeopardy. He's just being tormented for every day of his life he's being tormented but i think it's his powerlessness and then when when you finally go when when hagrid comes in and goes you're a wizard it's like ah, right so i you know i'm gonna, i'm putting on my list powerful or powerless mm. because i think powerlessness creates more empathy than power okay good you think I'm wrong? I'm so easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> another way to hook a reader is um, through starting the book, as they say in Latin, in media res, which means in the middle of stuff, in the middle of something. So if you start your story, you know, at the beginning of somebody thinking about doing something, or right. if you start your story with description, 
then you're not going to hook the reader, right? But if you start in the middle of action, then the reader will be hooked much I more like, likely. Yeah, in the middle of action. Although the Latin sounds mm-hmm. really good, in media res. I'm yeah. writing that too, like I remember what it means. Okay. Start in the middle of action. Well, that's one of the one of the things I learned at that one uh, Romance Writers of America conference I went to was somebody said, begin your book where the transitional moment comes. This is where something happens to the hero or heroine that changes their life. So it right, can't it's called be the instigating. The instigating point. It can't be, I was sitting there quietly enjoying the peaceful day when the phone rang. It has to be the phone rang. It has to be even the next step of, you know, a piece of dialogue. What do you mean he's dead? (laughs) Good lead. (laughs) That's a good lead. (laughs) Okay, excellent. All right. Right. That's in media res. That's that's in the middle of things. And then, you know, when you're presented with what do you think, what do you mean he's dead? Immediately, we want to know who's dead, how and who's talking. Right. Yes. Yes. Meredith, this is what I think I want to do. I mean, I know you have do you have other besides create empathy and start in the middle of the action? Are there other things coming? Because I want to I want to make proposition to you. What? I don't have anything else off the top of my head. Go. Okay. Because here's what I think. Here's what I want to do. I want to hit pause on this recording. And I want Mm -hmm. you and I to go running through our house, pulling out books, like not, not our books, other people's books, right? Sure. And coming up with books that have good hooks or what I call a lead, a good lead. And then we're going to talk about where they fit in this category. Can we do that? Just take five minutes, you and I, while no one else will notice because because the recording will come to a complete halt for a moment, uh, and just grab some books. What do you think? I think it's a fantastic idea. I love it. Hit pause. Hit pause. I'm- we are recording once again. Okay, excellent. Because I have a lot of, we, could, I'm, we may have to turn off the timer and this may just be the most boring podcast for everybody <laughs> else because I think we could go on and on and on and on. <laughs> okay, read me a lead. Okay, I'll read you a lead. Here, my, my plan. My plan is I have a stack of seven books in front of me that people probably have read or maybe have read, and I'm okay. going to read you the lead without telling you the title, and then okay. I'll tell you the title if you don't get it right. Okay, so go ahead. You do one, and then I'll do one. Okay, I'm just I'm randomly picking books off of my Kindle. Good plan. <laughs> She entered the realm of lost souls in a single horse gig with her footman and maid. Leaving the safety of the well-traveled strand, she crossed into the shadowy labyrinth. Her horse tossed its head in protest, but obeyed William's urging, walking nervously into the narrow lane between the crowded buildings. Above them, Half obscured by the thick morning fog, the great blocks of tenement houses loomed as forbidding medieval towers. The click-clopping of her trusty gelding's hooves echoed everywhere, 
off grimy brick stone, but little else stirred at this hour. The rookery came alive only at night. To be sure, they were far from the green sculpted grounds of her father's elegant villa now. This was no place for a lady. Okay, so, okay. Empathy, start in the middle of action. Uh Uh-huh. I don't think it's empathy because I don't know her yet. But we know that she's I think someplace she's dangerous. Little... Oh, so it's... <gasps> yes. Okay. All right. How long do you think a hook goes on for? Um, How I long think is it, a hook? it's generally a page. A page. I think so. Okay. So I think what you have just read, first of all, who was it? If I need to buy that book, who whose book was it? <laughs> that what was book? Galen Foley's book, The My Wicked Marcus. Oh, my wicked Marcus. Okay. Um I love Galen Foley, and she is a fantastic writer. I think that what you have read, though, even more than entering into entering into threat, because she does seem like she knows where she's going. She seems capable is that you have, you've entered into a new world. You've entered into a world I long to explore. Mm-hmm. So would you put that down? I mean, yeah, let's just put it down. Newness? World or building. Curiosity. World building and curiosity. Good. Okay. Your All turn. right. Under world building. Here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine. Finding page one. Chapter one. I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. Oh, I look, I didn't book. want to be a half. I mean, that's a good book. I, look, I didn't want to be a half blood. If you're reading this because you think you might be one, my advice is close this book right now. Believe whatever lie your mom or dad told you about your birth. And try to lead a normal life. Being a half blood is dangerous. It's scary. Most of the time, it gets you killed in painful, nasty ways. If you're a normal kid reading this because you think it's fiction. Great. Read on. I envy you for being able to believe that none of this ever happened. But if you recognize yourself in these pages, if you feel something stirring inside, stop reading immediately. You might be one of us. And once you know that, it's only a matter of time before they sense it too, and they'll come for you. Don't say I didn't warn you. That's yeah. pretty good, huh? It is. It yeah. absolutely is. That's the um, the thief, the lightning thief. The lightning Rick Reardon, The Lightning Thief. I read these yes. books to my son when he was growing up, and he and I both were addicted to them. I think that that is a really gripping lead yes. because it's conversational. It's obviously one-on-one. Uh, it implies huge danger, and it inspires mm-hmm. great curiosity, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's very That is a okay. really good lead. Okay, let me give you one. I got one for you right here. Good. Chapter one. My father's family name being Pirip and my Christian name Philip, my infant tongue could make of both names nothing longer or more explicit than Pip. So I called myself Pip and came to be called Pip. That's just the first chapter. Nice. I mean, uh, sorry, the first paragraph. Uh Uh-huh. Do you happen to know it? It probably sounds familiar to you. It sounds familiar to me. What is it? It's Great Expectations. It's Charles Dickens. <gasps> oh, 
Okay. But I'll tell you what I think is interesting about that is because that lead begins at the beginning of his life. It's literally what my name is. Yeah. It could be could not be less beginning at the moment of action. And I think the fact that this was written in a different century means the lead is substantially different from what commercial fiction would would think was successful today. Yeah. Um, here's one that does exactly the same thing. Uh, I'll read the beginning. When I was born, the name for what I was did not exist. They called me Nymph, assuming I would be like my mother and aunts and thousand, and thousand cousins. Least of the lesser goddesses, our powers were so modest they could scarcely ensure our eternities. We spoke to fish and nurtured flowers, coaxed drops from the clouds or salt from the waves. That word, nymph, paced out the length and breadth of our futures. In our language, it means not just goddess, but bride. Bride. Wow. That is from Circe. By? Uh, by Madeline Miller. And it's contemporary? It is contemporary. It is a relatively new book. Let's see. Wait, copyright 2018. So once again, what, what I think is gripping about that is the curiosity factor. Right. But do you see particular empathy? The, the empathy comes from they didn't know what I was. Right. They, they didn't know what they was. And so they just labeled me. Now with Pip. You kind of wonder who he is, that he, I mean, I'm a baby who can't pronounce his own name. That's not right. unusual. <laughs> right, right. It's a slow lead. It's a much slower lead. Yeah. Which is funny because Charles Dickens was known for writing serial stories that would, I mean, he was the hook master. He would write a, a chapter and print it, and then you'd have to go buy the next one. Right. I mean, he was the master of the hook. Right. And this is a very unhooky lead. Huh. I just think it's interesting. I just it think is, this is interesting. It is very interesting. So now regarding end of chapter hooks, yes. that's also very interesting. It is. But I have a pack of books. Let's do front, let's do first chapter. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was changing the topic. Go ahead. Let's do let's do end of chapter hooks next week. Okay. Here's a book. I'd been waiting for the vampire for years when he walked into the bar. Ever since vampires came out of the coffin, as they laughingly put it, two years ago, I'd hoped one would come to Bon Tom's. We had all the other minorities in our little town. Why not the newest, the legally recognized undead? But rural northern Louisiana wasn't too tempting to vampires, apparently. On the other hand, New Orleans was a real center for them. The whole Anne Rice thing, right? <laughs> that's that's obviously Sookie Stackhouse. It's dead until dark. It's the uh, it's the True Blood. This is the first yeah. novel, True Blood. Yeah, I love Sookie Stackhouse, and it's interesting because she's creating a new world for us. She is a world where vampires are 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 real and legal and out. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's so interesting to think that these, I mean, just the books that we've grabbed so far, I don't think any of them have have fulfilled the goal of create empathy. 
Hmm. I think all of them are world building and curiosity. Okay. What do you think? You think I'm wrong? Um, I think that they are creating empathy because we want to know more about some of these characters who we are being teased by. Um, whether it's the half blood, what's his name? Right, right, Lightning right, right. Thief. Yeah, yeah. Or yes, that's 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 empathy. Yes, that's empathy, and and so is Circe, uh, because we don't know what she is, and and we want to know more about her. So, really, my concept of world building and curiosity is just empathy by a different name. I. Think empathy, so. empathy and curiosity or empathy or curiosity? Yeah, I think or, because like with the Sookie Stackhouse book, she's creating a world for us before we are meeting somebody specific. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Although, I mean, the line I'd wanted, I'd waited for the vampire. I'd been waiting for the vampire for years when he walked into the bar. I mean, the first word I'd, I mean, that's empathy. You sure. want to know about her? Oh, it's very clever. It's very clever. I'm flipping to my next page, so go ahead. Okay, I'm going to read one. Chapter one, kidnapped. The slow drip of a leaky faucet disrupted Allie's otherwise quiet slumber. Allie, the distant sound of David's voice soothed her, enveloping her in a warm blanket of safety. A smile tugged at her lips. Soon he'd crawl into bed and wrap his limbs around hers, cocooning her with his love. Instead of the heat she anticipated, something coarse scraped against her cheek. When she tried to swat it away, her arms refused to comply. Baby, wake up. Her husband's echoed tone became louder, rougher. You need to wake up. The urgency in it made her eyelids flutter pulling her further away from the dark claws of sleep. Like a silent movie, foggy images of a dimly lit parking lot invaded her dreams. A woman, tall and lean, walked in the deserted space alone. With each clip of her heels against the paved road, the haze cleared a little more. Allie's heart raced when the woman's features came into view. Long, curly black hair, dark brown eyes, tanned complexion. It was her. Two sets of hands emerged from the shadows, dragging her into the woods. The taller of the two men covered the woman's mouth, muting her screams as she wrestled to break free, until the other one slammed a brick into the base of her skull, plunging her into darkness. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, I would just like to say that I got confused between the woman coming down the road and Allie herself. So That was Allie, actually. It was Allie who was being attacked. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. I've got some empathy for this woman. I've got some yeah. serious. Right. That's uh, from the second wife by Keyshawn Paul. I, you know, threat. Yes. I see. You know, this is why you said powerful misfortune or threat, likable or funny, powerful or powerless, the powerless is the same thing as threat. That's why powerful needs to stand by itself as a as a hook concept. Mm-hmm. 
She's powerless in this, but it's the threat problem that creates the empathy. Yes. Well, I think we, we call that uh, in media arrest. I mean, that, that leaps into action, right? Right at the very yeah. beginning. Absolutely. Okay. I've got an in media arrest for you. Okay. Renowned curator Jacques Saunier staggered through the vaulted archway of the museum's grand gallery. He lunged for the nearest painting he could see, a Caravaggio. Grabbing the gilded frame, the 76-year-old man heaved the masterpiece toward himself until it tore from the wall, and Saunier collapsed backward in a heap beneath the canvas. As he had anticipated, a thundering iron gate fell nearby, barricading the entrance to the suite. The parquet floor shook. Far off, an alarm began to ring. Dan Brown. Da Vinci Code. Exactly right. Da Vinci Code. Right. Right. And that's definitely in the middle of action. That is starting out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And he is in deathly peril. He is indeed. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea identifying the hook hook principle. (laughs) I only have three more. I'm only going to make you do it for at least three more on my side. Okay. Um, let me get to see if I can find the beginning here. Okay. Prologue, February 26, 1806. February 26, did I say that? Uh-huh. Okay. It was nearly midnight on the night of February 26, 1806, and Alexandra, Alexander Dumas, Oh, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Ah, this is nonfiction. I take it back. Okay, I take it back. I take it back. I'm so sorry. That was nonfiction. I thought that it was fiction for a second, but it's not. Oh, I just found a really good one. That's one of my favorite books. Which book? Count of Monte Cristo, Alexander Dumas. Yes, I know. All right, but okay. The Count of Monte Cristo was one of my absolute favorite books, but it starts very slowly. It builds really slowly. Because and it's a really old book. It's a really old book. But here's a book. I'm going to read you the lead to a book that that is every romance author's, you know, brass ring. This is it. And okay. it has the slowest, most boring beginning on the planet. <laughs> It wasn't a very likely place for disappearances, at least at first glance. Mrs. Baird's was like a thousand other Highland bed and breakfast establishments in 1945, clean and quiet, with fading floral wallpaper, gleaming floors, and a coin-operated hot water geyser in the lavatory. Mrs. Baird herself was squat and easygoing and made no objection to Frank lining her tiny rose-sprig parlor with the dozens of books and papers with which he always traveled. Yeah, I'm not interested. It's not interesting. And yet, that's Diana Gabaldon's Outlander. <gasps> is, is it? It is. It's a very, I'd say that book could lose the first 50 pages and then begin. Yeah. See, but I've I never just, actually read that book. Well, after the first 50 pages, it's really, really good. pages <laughs> <laughs> are just this huge snore. So yeah. I just think this concept of hooks I think that's a terrible hook. That's a terrible hook. That's just it very is. boring. Boring. It's very boring. It's the whole beginning boring. of the book. Don't start out with description. 
don't start out with backstory. There you go. And this is 50 pages of backstory. That's exactly right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Got one? Okay. I've got one. Richard Ganzi III had forgotten how many times he had been told he was destined for greatness. He was bred for it, nobility and purpose coded in both sides of his pedigree. His mother's father had been a diplomat, an architect of fortunes. His father's father had been an architect, a diplomat of styles. His mother's mother had tutored the children of European princesses. His father's mother had built a girls' school with her own inheritance. The Ganzies were courtiers and kings, and when there was no castle to invite them, they built one. He was a king. Maggie's tea father, the Reagan cycle, the Raven cycle, yes. which is that that by the third book, there's a twist in the third book that blew me away. <laughs> I have been, I mean, most tropes don't get me. Oh my God, that is one of my favorite series of all time. That is so good. It is such um, a great series. But is that hook catchy? Well, not very. Not very. It's not very. I love the book so much that I don't want to admit that right. that would have been better woven in elsewhere. Ha ha. See? Well, but but Mary, don't you think that's interesting that these hooks, I mean, like Outlander and the Raven Cycle and Charles Dickens, I mean, maybe we're, we put too much emphasis on the hook. I don't think you can put too much emphasis on a hook. I'm sorry. Because they are so essential. Yeah. If you don't have a good hook, you're not going to have a reader. Yeah. And it's just yeah. a question of how far somebody will read before they put the book down and never pick it up again. I think there's something to be said for that concept of investment that you don't read a book the way you read a direct mail letter or a commercial that comes on TV or you, you have, you've got it in your hand. You theoretically bought it. You sat down to read it and you give it more than just the first paragraph. Yes. How far will you read a book before you put it down? How far? That's a good question. I was always told you got to go at least 50 pages, mm-hmm. which is lucky because it got me through Outlander and into the good parts. <laughs> but but there are some books that you know within the first page that the writing is so bad, 50 pages is more than it deserves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, I have two more. Here's one. A pox on this stinking island, Brock said, staring around the beach and up at the mountains. The whole of China at our feet, and all we be all we take be this barren, sodding rock. He was standing on the foreshore with two of his fellow China traders. Scattered around them were the other clusters of traders and officers from the expeditionary force. They were all waiting for the Royal Navy officer to begin the ceremony. An honor guard of 20 Marines was drawn up in two neat lines beside the flagpole, the scarlet of their uniforms, a sudden splash of color. Near them were the untidy knots of sailors who had just found, fought the flagpole into the stony soil. Hmm. Once again, we're starting with setting. We don't know who any of these people are. Do we care who they are? Well, you know, it's interesting. As I was reading it, the only reason I can tell that this is 
a historic novel as opposed to contemporary is the the scarlet of the of the uniforms the soldiers uniforms and now i'm now I'm the royal navy is dressed in scarlet now i know i'm in a historic moment mm-hmm. yes I don't, I don't know i don't know if i'm going to keep going i don't know this is um taipan james clavel oh okay it's older right in the 60s right yes. when was this so i mean the the requirements 1966 so the requirements for hooks you know have changed over time they have <laughs> here's one that everybody will recognize okay good this is my favorite book in all the world though i have never read it how is such a thing possible i'll do my best to explain I as a child i simply <laughs> As a child, I simply had no interest in books. I hated reading. I was very bad at it. And besides, how could you take the time to read when there were games that shrieked for playing? Basketball, baseball, marbles, I could never get enough. I wasn't even good at them. But give me a football and an empty playground and I could invent last second triumphs that would bring tears to your eyes. School was torture. Miss Roginski, who was my teacher for the third through fifth grades, would have meeting after meeting with my mother. I don't feel Billy is perhaps extending himself quite as much as he might. Or when we test him, Billy does exceptionally well considering his class standing. Or most often, I don't know, Mrs. Goldman, what are we going to do about Billy? <laughs> Well, I would put that, that is, that's The Princess Bride by William Goldman, which, oh, yes. that's, sorry, timer, that's our 35, but too bad. Um, I would <laughs> say that that is uh, likable or funny, as well as building curiosity. He just writes in such an appealing style. But, but, Meredith, that book has two leads. Because when Flip- it does. Yeah, flip a few pages and get to Buttercup and Wesley's story and read the lead to that. Absolutely. Chapter one, The Bride. The year that Buttercup was born, the most beautiful woman in the world was a French scullery maid named Annette. Annette worked in Paris for the Duke and Duchess de Guiche, and it did not escape the Duke's notice that someone extraordinary was polishing the pewter. The Duke's notice did not escape the Duchess, notice of the Duchess either who was not very beautiful and not very rich, but plenty smart. The Duchess set about studying Annette and shortly found her adversary's tragic flaw. Chocolate. Should I continue on? <laughs> we could just read that. We could just read that book. That is just so charming. I think both of those leads are built on being likable or funny. Most of, I mean, yes. this, the concept of starting in media res in the middle of the action is gone. There's that's, that's not, that book has the most delayed opening of any book in the history of mankind, but it's just so likable. <laughs> it's so charming. Yeah. Yes. I think those are, that's, you, a, that's a, you want to know more because it's so, it's so oddball. It's so oddball. And funny. Yep. Yep. Yes. All right. Here's my last one. 
The light hadn't even officially turned green at the intersection of 17th and Broadway before an army of overconfident yellow cabs roared past the tiny death trap I was attempting to navigate around the city streets. Clutch, gas, shift, neutral to first or first to second, release clutch. I repeated over and over in my head the mantra offering little comfort and even less direction amid the screeching midday traffic. The little car buckled wildly twice before it lurched forward through the intersection. My heart flip-flopped in my chest without warning. The lurching evened out, and I began to pick up speed, lots of speed. I glanced down to confirm visually that I was only in second gear, but the rear end of a cab was so large in the windshield that I could do nothing but jam my foot on the brake pedal so hard that my heels snapped off. Shit! Another pair of $700 shoes sacrificed to my complete and utter lack of grace under pressure. This clocked in as my third such breakage this month. <laughs> Want to guess? And the, the lead is so unlike the rest. I mean, it's not unlike the rest of the book. It's very much like the rest of the book, but it's it's not as gripping. Do you want to guess? Do you have any, any I clue? I have no no notion. Who? What? It's the Devil War Prada. <gasps> ah. Lauren White. Very good. So would you put that down as, I mean, there's threat there. It's likable and funny. Mm -hmm. She's certainly not powerful. And it starts in the middle of the action. Yeah. Right in the middle of the action. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty good lead. That's a very good lead. (laughs) This is most entertaining. (laughs) Keep going. Do you want to finish (laughs) up with book or shall we, uh, should we, should we table this until next week and talk about end of chapter leads books? I think we should table this until next week. End of chapter hooks. End of chapter hooks. And this time I'll do some research and see if I can't find some end of chapter hooks that I think are, you just can't not turn the page. Perfect. I'll do the same. And we'll have fun. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Um, You and I have begun writing on your Discord server, the the Writer's Block Party Discord server. Yes. Are Um, you finding that useful? I am. I'm loving the sprints. I'm loving the sprints and the word count. It, it lets you set, I would like to write 2,000 words a day and it'll keep track. And if you don't, it'll say, you know, you didn't quite get your total. Uh, and the 20 minute sprints seem really short, but they're also really fun. It's a, it's a nice nugget of time. And I like chatting with you and everybody else. So um, anyone who wants to join us is welcome, right? Absolutely. All they need to do is email us. So at prue at pruewarren.com or, or meredithbond.com. That's right. And say you want into the Discord server, which and is a little closed social network of authors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So come on. Come on and join us. Come on. <laughs> Glory's join us. Glory's with us. Um, <laughs> And, of course, always rate the Writer's Block Party podcast on whatever service you get it and write us some questions. Yeah, throw us some comments. We'd love to hear from you. What? We'd love to write with you, but we'd love to hear from you. Exactly. What do you think? What's your, favorite, what's your favorite hook? What's your favorite opening chapter of any book ever? Oh, Tell us. Good question. Good question. <laughs> all right, Meredith. I'm all overstimulated now. I'm going to go lie down in the dark room with cloth over my eyes just to chill out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll talk to you next week about closing chapter hooks. Okay, Brew. I'll talk to you then. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. 
We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Oh, my God.